Welcome to the Ipswich Community Service Layback Hour. My name's Andrew and I'm your host. Thanks for listening in. We're here from the Ipswich Community Youth Service, Get Set for Work Program and the Care to Work Project, both of which are funded by the Queensland Government under the Skilling Queenslanders for Work Initiative. Uh, listeners, today is our last show for 2023. Crazy how quick the year has gone. Um, as this is our last show, we have decided we will uh, end it with a big bang and interview our CEO at ICYS, Amanda Majerison. So, uh, yeah, this will be uh, a pretty smooth radio session. Hello, Amanda. Big special welcome to you. Thank you, Andrew. I'm really uh, grateful to be here for the last show. It's yes. going to be fun. No, will be, and we appreciate you taking time out of your busy day. You ready for some questions? Hit me. Let's okay, go. Okay, you haven't seen them, so you don't know what I'm going to ask. <laughs> How many years have you been the CEO of ICYS? Ooh. Uh, would you believe if I said almost 14 years? Ooh. So in January uh, upcoming, 2024, it will mark my 14th year in the role of CEO at ICYS. Wow. It feels like about five minutes, to be honest, <laughs> but um, 14 years. Yes. Oh, yeah, goodness. that's pretty impressive. That's a great effort. Um what did you do prior to being the CEO of ICYS? Oh, so I've held a couple of roles at the organisation. So I started in a youth worker role working in schools in um, through our youth support coordinator program. Uh, I was based at Woodcrest State College and St Augustine's College, actually, or both, just up the road here. Um, and then I moved into team leader role within that um, team and, so, and then moved into the CEO role. So I've been at ICYS for 19 years in February. So, um, yeah, some might say I'm institutionalised. Uh, <laughs> that's a pretty good effort, isn't it, Russell? Eh? Yeah, Russell's over here nodding his head. Yeah, so um, prior to that, I worked at another uh, not-for-profit org uh, down in Logan, uh, delivering a few different programs, some working in schools, some working with um, young people in care. Um, and I've done a bit of tutoring work at Griffith Uni. Yeah, okay. Uh, so, yeah. Lady of many talents. What was your first job when you left school or at school? Uh, I had two jobs, actually. So I was a Macca's girl. So, Perfect. Yep, Love I, Macca's. I think Macca's is a great place for young people to work. Yes. Um, it sets a lot of skills and discipline in how people approach their work, which I think is really good. Um, and I've got two nephews that work there at the moment. So, yeah, pretty happy uh, with Macca's as an employer. Um, and I also worked at a, at a little store called Crazy Prices, which is probably like the reject shop or oh, that sort of okay. shop. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, so I had two jobs. Oh, okay. There you go. That's where it all started. Yep. Good stuff. Impressive. Um, why did you choose to get into this current industry that you're in? Oh, look, it was a really last-minute decision, to be honest. So I was always going to be a teacher. Oh, okay. Uh, so from when I was in grade two, I was always going to teaching. And then when my preferences, uh, when I had to put my preferences in for uni um, in grade 12, I actually put teaching down third. Um, wow. I don't know what happened. My mum was working in the industry at the time, and I think maybe that influenced some of my decision making. Scared you off. Well, I think they're very similar in a lot of ways. I think the influence you can have on people as a teacher and the influence you can have on people as a youth worker are very similar, um, yep. just in different different ways. Yeah, okay. Mm. That's pretty cool. Um, were you always sure of this career path once you sort of left school and sort of made that decision not to be a teacher? Yeah, I think so. I think, um, look, I went to uni and, and studied and, um, you know, it's not really probably till you get out in the real world that you start putting all that theory that you learn at uni into practice. Yeah. Uh, you know, I fell into jobs um, in the sector quite easily and um, 
was never my intention to end up as a CEO at a youth organisation. Uh, it's, it's funny how the course takes you. So, um, But, yeah, like I, I wouldn't trade it in for anything else. Anything. I don't ever regret that decision. I do wonder, you know, when I'm a bit older and whether I would have been better suited as like a history teacher or something like that. Oh, jeez. History teacher, okay. History teacher. And, oh, no. Yeah. Well, we're grateful to have you as a CEO instead of a history teacher. <laughs> oh, thanks, Andrew. You're too kind. <laughs> um, what drives you to be so successful in your role? Oh, that's a hard one. I don't I don't think I intentionally need to put myself in a position where I need to think about, okay, I need to put next foot in front of the next and one foot in front of the next. I find I just, um, you know, I'm really passionate about what I do. I love the people I work with. Um, it makes it really easy. Uh, so, and working at ICYS is, is fantastic and people say, you know, you've stayed there so long. And I say, yeah, but the role is constantly changing. So yeah. I find that if, you have the flexibility to um, to do what you want to do within the realms of your role that will continually um, motivate you to, to, to yeah. keep going. And, yeah. and I guess that's probably, I'm very lucky to have that. Yeah, and you get the extra challenges thrown in with it as well to keep you going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> always a challenge. <laughs> what is the biggest strength of your organisation? Oh, look, there's so many, to be honest. I think... Um, I think we're, we're really lucky in the diversification of our organisation. So we receive funding from um, the state government. Uh, we receive it from multiple departments with the state government. And so we have a range of services that we offer within the organisation, not just one or two. So, yep. so young people requiring housing and homelessness support, requiring support in schools. We have staff based in schools. We have employment and training support through yourself, Andrew, and your team. We have uh, crime prevention and intervention support. We have a range of activities. We have specialised youth support. So, so I guess the benefit is if a child or young person needs support through our organisation, one of the strengths is that they don't need to go to a range of different organisations to get the support they need. So they might come to you for employment and training support, Andrew. Uh, while you're working with them, they may find themselves homeless or in a situation where they can't continue living. You can then get one of the housing workers to come along and meet with that young person and they can be getting support within our organisation without yeah. even knowing that they're accessing another bucket of funding yep. in regards to how they're accessing that. Um, the other strength on top of that is, I think, the network that we have as an organisation with our surrounding stakeholders. So we have some really great stakeholders that work in Ipswich. We have some fantastic services, some fantastic people. And the youth sector in Ipswich is very vibrant. Uh, yes. It's very committed. And so we don't ever pretend that the outcomes we get for our young people are just solely off our own work. It involves a range of services all working together to ensure we get the best outcomes yeah, for, for young sure. people. Yeah, for sure. And you see that doesn't matter what stakeholder you talk to, everyone's on board to get the... Uh, best achievement for that young person. Absolutely. We have some fantastic services in, in the Ipswich region and I wouldn't trade it for anything. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. No, that was a great answer. Thank you. Um, what, according to you, makes a great team? I think a team needs to be made up of a lot of different things and we need to be able to embrace uh, diversity, have a diverse range of people working within one team. If you had all um, Amanda's or all Andrew's, it'd be a pretty boring place, right? Yeah. So, you know, you really do need 
uh, a team that's made up of different skills, different experience, different backgrounds, different cultures, different personalities. Different personalities. Yep. Um, that's what makes a good team and a team that's there to back each other uh, and support each other regardless. Yes. And also great management. What do you think about that one, Amanda? Oh, we have some great leadership team in ICYS. Yes. So, you yourself know, and David. So there you go. And our team leaders <laughs> like yourself, Andrew. So, yeah, we, I mean, it does. You really do need all COGS working together to, yep. to have a fantastic team. And I think we have that. Yep, no, perfect. Um, what is the best advice that someone has ever given you? I'm a big believer in saying yes. So I was told very early on that if you get presented with an opportunity, say yes, or at least think about it in the context of what is going to work for you at that time. So I think I probably have gotten myself into this role because I said yes. Yep. And uh, I think it's a really a good way to to frame your path or your journey is to not shy away from the challenge. Yep, for yeah. sure. Yeah, it's a great answer. Um, do you remember what your first goal was when you joined the org as CEO? If you succeeded in this, how long did it take? Yeah, so I was um, full CEO in nine months um, oh, well. that stepped in the role. Um, and, you know, the org was really at a time where um, – you know, we're really excited to bring about implementing new goals. A couple of my goals were we had a temporary fence that was put around half of our block, which seven years earlier, a building had burnt down. And seven years later, there's this temporary fencing that was still around still this block. And, and there was, you know, still parts of the, the building there. And, and I thought, no, this has got to get sorted. So that was one thing and uh, that we got sorted pretty quickly. Uh, and the other thing was uh, rebranding the organisation. So there was this perception of the organisation that didn't quite match uh, what we looked like yep. physically and also um you know, through our branding. And so we went through a rebrand and that happened in 2011. So um, that was really exciting. Yeah, okay. That's great stuff. Uh, we are continuing our chat with the CEO of ICYS, Amanda Bajarison. Ready to go again, Amanda? Let's do this. Oh, you're doing well. <laughs> How do you stay motivated and focused on your goals? Um, it comes pretty easily, to be honest. We're very privileged to do what, um, what we love. And I think when you're doing what you love, it's really easy to um, stay motivated and focused. Uh, you know, it's not something that I struggle with, to be honest. Yeah, just struggle with the sleep because yeah. you're so motivated. Well, yes, you know, <laughs> I did wake up at stupid o'clock this morning. But it is silly season. Um, it is the end of the year and silly season is a real thing. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, beautiful. How do you stay informed about industry trends and developments? Uh, you know, I spoke a little bit earlier about our sector and our stakeholders and networks. And I think um, as an organisation, we're really well networked. So we're funded by four state government departments and we have really great relationships with those departmental staff who, uh, you know, are really responsive in regards to feeding information to us. Um, I do sit on a number of um, collective action groups, a, uh, a couple of panels that are either local or statewide and that's really useful in regards to feeding information about local issues to them but also hearing issues back yep. and as you know as a sector we're really well supported by our peak bodies so we have some fantastic peak bodies for the youth sector for the community service sector 
who do a lot of lobbying and uh, provide a lot of opportunities for training and those sorts of things. So, yeah, that's a really great way to stay informed of trends. And um, one of the things the organisation does is we chair the interagency network, the youth interagency network. So there's over 650 stakeholders on that network and it's a monthly meeting. And that's a monthly meeting where youth service providers can come together to hear about what's happening in the youth sector. And that's a really great way to share any sort of trends any emerging issues that the sector needs to know about, um, yep. share that up um, and with each other and stay connected. That's the best way that we can do our work. Yeah, and that is a, an amazing, um, I suppose, monthly meeting that you sort of bring together. And, you know, recently we, we had the largest one ever. Yeah, so that was so. last week. So we had 71 attendees who, you know, give up a couple of hours of their morning once a month and come together to make sure that we're delivering the best that we can for our community. For youth, yeah. No, yeah. great stuff. Um, what about the organisation? What makes you proudest of ICYS? Oh, this is really easy. I'm most proud of the staff that I work with. And while that sounds really tokenistic, I honestly have at times cried over the things I've heard or the things I've seen staff do. Um, and often staff don't know that I'm seeing or hearing those things. Uh, and I, I recently sent an email out to staff just letting them know how, how proud I am and that all the little things don't go unnoticed. Uh, it's really important Um that the staff uh, hear that. But, you know, I often say the staff make me look good in my job. And I mean that because I can't do my job if staff on the ground aren't fantastic at what they do. So, you know, it's a real thing. I'm so proud of the staff. They are the frontline services uh, supporting our community. They work tirelessly. We are open during the school holidays, over Christmas, every day. Um, The only days we're closed are the public holidays. And, you know, people are giving up their precious time with families to ensure that we can support those that may not have the support um, that we have. Uh, That's a a brilliant answer. Hey, Russell. Yes, Russell's nodding, so great (laughs) stuff. Um, What traits do you look for in a potential candidate for a job in uh, your organisation? Oh, look, I think you need to be a little bit crazy to work at ICYS at times. <laughs> <laughs> I often say that we work with children, young people and families who are often in a state of crisis. We need to be flexible in our work. So if you need to be able to come to work and sometimes you'll have the best laid plans for your day and you walk in 10 minutes later, someone calls, someone rocks up at the front door and those plans go out the door. So upside you, down. Yeah, so you need to have capacity and willingness to cope with that and that's sometimes something you need to learn I love transparency so being really honest you know I love having honest conversations with staff about what's going on for them Uh, and so I think if you come to work you're willing to be open and transparent you're willing to be flexible you're willing to be honest um, and actually you know put your hand up when if you don't quite know what you should be doing or if you hit a challenge that you feel like you need some support put your hand up that's the type of person that we need Yeah, Yeah. beautiful. Great answer. Um, What do you think is more important aspect of a good organisation culture? Oh, look, organisation culture is so important. Um, I think it's about accepting diversity. We spoke previously about having differences in the organisation. It's about accepting that. Uh, It's about staff willing to go the extra mile, put their hand up um, and do the things to support each other, that may not essentially be in your role. So yep. you may have someone, look, Andrew, you're probably a prime example of that. And, and I'm not saying that because you're here. So um, I'd say it anyway. And I've said it many times about you, but you know, there may be one of our housing workers who needs some assistance lifting a piece of furniture or whatever. You'll be the first to put your hand up and say, yep, I'm happy to help out with that. And while that's not your role, that's definitely not um, what you're asked to do as part of your core role. 
we all know that to have a great work culture, we need to ensure that we're supporting each other and have each other's back. So, so I think it is a bit about that. It's about supporting yep. your team, um, going the extra mile, and um, yeah, yeah. And I agree. Yeah, we have a great work culture there. Like uh, every single staff member gets along. They um, enjoy bending over backwards for the other person to help them along and so on. So yeah, it's re- yeah. it's really important. Yeah, no, beautiful. Uh, what is something you wish you had known before becoming a CEO? Oh, don't become a CEO. No, just joking. <laughs> <laughs> just joking. Uh, it's a fab time. Um, no, look, it's interesting because I, I never thought I'd end up as a CEO of a youth organisation. I came into this sector as a youth worker. And often what happens in this sector is you find yourself um, progressing, you can move into team leader roles or leadership roles. But, um, yes, there's no real, like, how to become a CEO in a not-for-profit organisation training. Yeah. Um, so it is still something you fumble along the way and you learn as you go. As I ask questions, I was transparent with funding bodies. It's just about being honest with yourself and yep. being honest with those around you. Um, that's probably uh, – but, yeah, it's been a journey. And what, one that we hopefully continues for a long time. What's the hardest and easiest part of being a CEO? The easiest part would be – having that flexibility and that creative side that you can come up and conjure what's next, where's the gaps, what what can we do together, working with the skills of the people around us. The hardest part is the time. So yep. like you might have all these great ideas, you can see gaps in service delivery that, that need to be filled. You can see staff that are that are really stretched and being pulled left, right and centre to deliver their work. Uh, it's it's the time. It's how the time to implement all of that. So <laughs> Not enough of it. I always said my superpower, if I had one, would be to stop time. If I could just pause time, I could keep operating and doing my thing. <laughs> Everyone else can just have time out, turn time back on. Yep. That, that would absolutely be my superpower. Okay. Yeah. Great answer. Um, what is the most important skill a CEO must have? My opinion of this has probably changed over time and, and the older I get and the the more I've sat in this role, I actually think empathy is a really important skill to have as a CEO. You know, the yeah. ability to, to put yourself in other people's shoes, um, other staff's shoes and listen to what's going on for them and putting all things aside except for what's going on for that worker and putting yourself in their shoes saying, if this was me, how would I like to be treated? How would I like to be supported? And having that empathy to then make decisions based on that. So so I actually think that's that's one of the strongest skills needed. And I suppose empathy just in this um, sector in general, that's what we do with our youth every day. Exactly. Yeah, you know, put yourself in their shoes and stuff. And, yep, um, take all that judgment out. Yeah. Um, and be prepared to walk the journey with people. As you said, we do that with our young people. That's what we're asked to do. That's what we actually are quite privileged to do that. And yep. I feel as a CEO, that's how I uh, continue that with staff is about how do we support staff? How do we make sure that, that staff are getting um, the support that they need, um, uh, progressing on a journey that works for them? And at the same time, what that will create a better outcomes for our young people and our community. So. Yeah, for sure. Brilliant answer, that one. Well done. Um, the last question before we go to a quick break. What do you consider to be your greatest achievement as a CEO? Oh, I don't know, Andrew. That's that's a really hard one. I don't ever stop and sort of... Think about it. Think about, yeah, I'm not a big one to stop and pat myself on the back. I think, you know, if I were to look at where we are today as opposed to where we were 
uh, say, eight years ago when we were as an organisation stripped of uh, a lot of funding, we were down to seven staff and about half a million dollars worth of income across the organisation to deliver services in our community. And I look at where we are now eight years later, we have 45 staff, we have, uh, you know, eight times that amount of funding uh, and we're really making an impact in our community. And if I look at the range of services we offer, uh, the supports that we can provide based on that. I'm pretty proud of that. Yeah, and you should be because the amount of we all see it as um, workers and employees, the work that you put in to make it so successful. So without you, it wouldn't be where it is. So thank you. Oh, you guys make it easy uh-huh. for me, honestly. <laughs> Great stuff. Uh, listeners, we've been speaking to Amanda Majerison, the CEO of ICYS in Ipswich. Um, we've given her the hard questions. Now we're going to... Get to uh, get to know your questions. Ready to go, Amanda? I'm not sure what's what's going to be harder, Andrew. Oh, Previous no, questions you, or these? No, you'll do these ones easy. <laughs> if you could trade places with anyone for a day, who would it be and why? I reckon you've got a pretty good gig, Andrew. Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, coming and doing this with Russell. This is this is this is fun. This is great. I've uh, got a very good gig. <laughs> um, who would I trade places with? You know, I actually don't. I would hate to trade places with anyone with any more decision making power than I already have. I think decision fatigue is a real thing. Imagine running the country and making decisions for that. No, thank you. Um, you know what? I'd probably just like to be like an influencer or someone like that where oh, okay. I actually get paid to just yeah. to go and test drive, you know, caravans and new cars and that sort of stuff. I reckon, okay. that, I reckon that'd yeah, be all right. Something nice and fun and relaxed. <laughs> I don't think I'd make any impact in the world, but no. Um, no, yeah, that's all right. something different. Um, what's the most adventurous thing you've ever done? Oh, look, I'm not very adventurous, I must say. You will never catch me jumping out of an aeroplane or bungee jumping. I do definitely like my feet firmly placed on the ground. Most recently, this was adventurous for me. Other people may think it's not, but I actually hiked Carnarvon Gorge, which is, you know, if you don't know Carnarvon Gorge, about seven and a half hours from here. And while you might think, oh, yep, you went for a hike, it was 28 kilometres. And this is coming from someone who doesn't walk much. I have a very sedentary (laughs) life. So, you know, adventurous in that, was I actually going to make it back or was I going to be lost to the wilderness? That was probably the adventurous part of that. But 28 kilometres of uh, stairs, stairs, more stairs, lots of uh, water crossings. It was stunning, but that was pretty adventurous. I may, yeah. I may not have made take? it out alive. Um, that was about eight and a half hours wow. by, the time, okay. by the time you did it all. So definitely, um, look, on the scale of is that adventurous, it's probably not overly adventurous but for it is me. for yourself. Far out, yeah. It, yeah. it was pretty adventurous. It was pretty amazing. Was, and that's what it's about. Is it adventurous for you? And it was. So yep. perfect. What's your go-to food when you're running short of time? We went through a stage where we were making chicken wraps four nights a week, I reckon, when I was really busy in shorter time. It was like chicken wraps, <laughs> uh, a bit partial to a cheeseburger, yeah, okay. I must say, yep. even after 10 years working at Macca's. Um, but, yeah, I'd yeah, say okay. a chicken wrap. Beautiful. Cool. What's the most memorable vacation you've ever taken? Oh... Look, I haven't done a lot of travel outside of Australia. I've been over to America. Um, but I'll probably say the most memorable vacation, if I were to just think of that in its purest sense, was probably visiting Uluru. Yep. It was magic. It was um, memorable for all the right reasons. And if anyone gets an opportunity to get out there, you should. It's a sight to see. It's beautiful. It's magical. It's spiritual. It's all of those things. 
Yeah, yeah, I need to talk my wife and doing that. That's a bit of a hard... Uh, oh, do it. It's stunning. Yes. There's so many options for accommodation. She can even stay five-star resort, yeah. Andrew. Well, so. she'd have to for me to get her out there. But. Yeah. <laughs> challenge, challenge. Yes, exactly. What's the best concert or music festival you've ever been to? Oh, good one. Um, I attended the Offspring concert back in 2002. Oh, yeah. Sweet. That was fun. That was a good time. And we were meant to see them a few years ago when they came back, but COVID. Yeah, okay. Uh, so, yeah, that, that was great. Uh, seeing the Foo Fighters in concert, they were great. More recently, CMC, Country Music Festival. I am a bit partial to a bit of country. So that was epic. That what was... about the big man, Lukey, oh, that yeah. you've seen recently? Yeah, went and saw uh, Luke Luke Combs recently at the Entertainment Centre. Yep. That was amazing. Uh Cody Johnson, his support act was awesome. Yeah, I listen to a whole range of music, yep. but yeah, country's probably my thing at the moment. Okay, beautiful. If you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be and why? Anywhere which probably has uh, water views, a sun lounger. Perfect. Uh, a couple of cocktails on hand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, you know, I, there's lots of places I want to visit. What I want to live anywhere else pretty happy pretty, pretty happy, happy where i am yeah, but no, yeah okay. i mean i could definitely live with a beach view i grew up in um just south of coffs harbour and definitely took for granted living you know a stone's throw from the beach, beach. yeah okay. so i do i do miss that but get close to the beach enough to get my fix you got the um orion lagoon that's close enough to a beach isn't it um i can't say i've ever swum in the orion lagoon it's nice to look at um but yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we'll leave it there. <laughs> What's your favourite sports team? Oh, look, Andrew, we love a bit of NRL banter in the office. Andrew yes. runs our footy tipping comp each year. Uh, it's always banter whenever that's happening or even when it's not happening. So I'm proud to say, but it's, it's a little bit of a sad story <laughs> in recent years that I'm a Parramatta supporter in the NRL. But, you know, it would be remiss of me, especially with Russell in the room, not to mention that I am a New South Wales Blues supporter oh. if we were to be picking sides. Well, that's amazing, isn't it, Russell? <laughs> Hey, I brought that in for you just for the last radio show of the year. Well, you know, it is state of origin, was born in New South Wales, raised in New South Wales, even though I have now lived in Queensland longer than I ever lived in New South Wales. (laughs) Yes. uh, We don't change, buddy. We're not like you turncoats. (laughs) Oh, this year. Next year, hey? Yeah, next year. (laughs) What's your favourite hobby or pastime? Oh, hobby or pastime. My favourite, I don't know if I'd call it my favourite, but something I think people should take up. I went and did some ladies' lessons in golf up here at Brookwater oh, yeah. Golf Course Yeah, from about five years back. So that was a that was a fun time. I think I like the idea of golf. You know, I like the idea of walking around a golf course. It's quiet, birds, it's sunshine. You know, you get outside, get a bit of active walking. Terrible, terrible at actually playing golf. That's, <laughs> that's the problem. But I also yeah. do like the post-golf um, <laughs> activities. Well, you know, the 19th hole. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's, great that's good fun. So I think <laughs> I like the idea of golf more than I am good at it. But it is a nice hobby um, okay. to have tennis or any of those sorts of sports. Um, and outside of that, I'm happy just chilling. I'm a pretty simple person. Perfect. How do you balance your life while working? Can you ever shut off fully? Oh, my life outside of work is actually pretty pretty calm, which, you know, I've really got to be grateful for that. There's a, okay. not, not everyone can say that, and I guess I do that intentionally. I, I really need to balance the busyness of work 
with uh, a quite a, a laid back, simple life outside of work. And I think that's what what keeps, you know, going back to one of your earlier questions, keeps me driven yep. is that I am able to have that really nice balance. Do I ever fully shut off? It takes me about 30 seconds to fall asleep. And so, you know, that 30 seconds between 8.29 and 8.30 at night, um, yes, I go to bed that early uh, sometimes, most of the time. I try to anyway. Uh, I shut off. I shut off. Okay. For those that don't sleep well, my strategy is you can't do anything once you're in bed. That's it. You know, the day's over. I can do no more. So, and yep. that works for me and I fall asleep within 30 seconds. Perfect. Good stuff. And well-deserved going to sleep that quick. Um, what's one thing our listeners or your staff might not know about you as CEO? Oh, I should have read this one before. Oh, this is see, a hard I'll put you on one. the spot. Oh, I didn't know you played golf, so there you go. Well, well, I don't play golf. I pretend I do. <laughs> I, I'm okay on the par threes, but as soon as it gets to a par five, I'll pick the ball up after a few strikes and I'll, I'll carry it. Yeah, so I, don't, I wouldn't say I play golf, but I, I pretend I do. Uh, may not know about me. Uh, I'm one of seven. I've got um, six siblings. Okay. Um, so I don't know if everyone knows that about me. And I'm not married. So 20 years I've been with my fiancé. Not married. So I don't know. Most people just assume when you're my, and I often get Mrs. Mrs. Majerison written on things or introduced as Mrs. Um, so, yeah. There's some man out there called Trenty T that needs to get his act together, I think. Oh, he, it's just a piece of paper, isn't it, really? Yeah. 20, 20 years. I'm not sure it would change much at this stage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, final question from Russell. Marvel or DC and why? Oh, um... I don't know. Who's the Hulk? Who's the Hulk? Is the Hulk with... That's Marvel. That's Marvel. Is it? Yeah. Marvel? Yeah. Hulk. See, I grew, I grew up in the DC area. Superman and Catwoman and all those sorts of things. Oh, no. And Batman and... Hulk goes Hulk? all right, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, no, that's all right. And I, I don't watch movies. I'm, I'm, yeah. No, that's all right. Russell's giving you the uh, nod of approval, oh, so good. we're good. Excellent. Great. Yeah, he's a big Marvel fan. Oh, excellent. Great, great, great. I can't say I've watched any of them. I must admit, Russell, sorry. Um, but... <laughs> You've um, won him over. It's good. He's happy. <laughs> we'll leave it on that date. Uh, thank you, Amanda, for coming in and uh, taking time out of your busy schedule to... Uh, be part of the final show for the year. Oh, thank you for having me. I think it's uh, this is a fantastic initiative and, and Russell and the crew here at Phoenix Radio and Andrew, you come along, bring young people along, share if stories of our young people I think are really inspiring. My story, not so. No, so it's good. It's but great. yeah, I'm really, really happy to have been here. Thank Took you. Took three years, but we finally got her in, Russell. Beautiful. Um, as mentioned earlier, listeners, this is our last show for the year and fingers crossed uh, we are back in twenty twenty four. Hopefully Phoenix Radio will take us back. Um, the ICYS team would like to take this opportunity to thank all the participants who took part in either the Cert 2 in cookery or the Cert 2 in community services, early childcare over the past eight months. We wish nothing but the best for you. Uh, please reach out if you need anything from us um, at ICYS. Uh, we're all there for you. Thanks also to the parents and guardians of these young people as well. Uh, we'd also like to take time to thank TAFE Queensland for accommodating us in both programs. Um, the chefs over at Bundamba TAFE, Sarah, Craig, Andy, amazing people to work with, not only for us staff, but also for the participants. Um, you know, we're very lucky to have them. Victoria also was amazing uh, with how she completed the assessments and the theory with our participants. Um, 
she's always very smiling, um, you know, always very tolerant um, and understanding of the needs of uh, some of our cohort, uh, exactly what they sort of need. Um, and this is what adult learning is all about. So thanks to all. Um, to Janelle at the Springfield TAFE, um, who looked after the two cohorts of Community Services Early Child Care. Thank you. Uh, first time doing it, but you're amazing. We wish you and your family the best uh, on your journey in 2024 to Toowoomba. No doubt you'll continue uh, doing what you do well, and that's being a teacher. Uh, to Carly and Shay, the faces of ICYS at both TAFEs, uh, remarkable effort by you both, and thank you for the support of not only the participants, but for me. Very lucky to have you um, ladies, such a dedicated and talented people in our team. To all those employers and services that support our organisation, our youth programs and the young people, thank you so much. Um, the youth of Ipswich are blessed to have you in their corner. Um, we hope to work with you all again in 2024. Uh, so that's it's time to wrap up the layback hour. So a big thanks to our CEO Amanda for taking the time to uh, come on for the last show. Um, as we know, she's always extremely busy. So thanks, Amanda. Appreciate it. Uh, lastly, a massive thanks to producer Russell, um, his management, the team here at uh, Phoenix Radio, USQ Springfield. Um, always very grateful for your continued support to our youth and organisation. So thanks, mate. Wishing you all a very uh, safe and enjoyable festive season. Um, hope you all have a pleasant break and we'll see you in 2024. Uh, for the final time of 2023 on the ICYS Layback Hour, be kind, be safe. Goodbye.